Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. On today's episode of Just Healthcare Daily, we continue the hospital at home conversation. Today, we'll hear about caring for COVID-19 patients in this model and what the hospital of the future will look like. It's Tuesday, June 16th, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps other listeners find the show. To respond to an influx of COVID-19 patients, some health systems needed to expand capacity quickly, as well as care safely for non-COVID patients. In the last couple months, Tufts Medical Center in Boston and Adventist Health in California started hospital-at-home programs with Medically Home to do just that. Yesterday, we heard from Medically Home's co-founder, Raphael Rakowski, and Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Pippa Schulman, about how the company's hospital-at-home program can lower costs and improve outcomes. Today, we continue the conversation about how the model can help hospitals expand capacity and care for COVID patients. Here's some of that conversation. Dr. Schulman, how are hospital-at-home programs managing COVID patients? I think all hospital-at-home programs have been uh, forced to take a look at their policies and procedures. Initially for Medically Home, and I think a lot of my colleagues around the country, we really tried to focus on the non-COVID patients. There was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of concern that our desire to care for these patients would lead to risk both for the patient, but also to our supply service and supply network. We didn't want to be responsible for spreading COVID um, or putting our patients in danger. As more became understood, we realized we had an obligation. We had to be able to care for these patients. And so really taking a look at the best available evidence um, and being able to make sure, most importantly, that whoever's going into that home has access to the proper PPE and knows how to put it on and take it off. Um, and in addition, understanding what are the escalation criteria, because they're different for the, for the COVID patients. And that requires also understanding that you're gonna care for these patients in different uh, cycles of their illness, maybe early or late, and that looks different for these folks. And then finally, we had to have the ability to be able to accurately test quickly in the home uh, because now you have, we might be caring for patients who we thought uh, were non-COVID, but somebody develops a fever, shortness of breath, cough, and in this environment, we have to be sure. And so really, just like everybody else, you know, testing and PPE, training. And then the fourth dimension is um, who else is in the home with the patient and what's their risk and how can we make sure to protect them for hospital in the home and for medically home to care for COVID patients in the home. 
Rafael, hospitals are now looking for ways to expand capacity to prepare for surges of COVID patients. So how much flex is there for a health system to expand bed capacity with hospital at home? The newest thing we did with, um, with Adventist that we're now doing with everyone, we're basically providing virtual bed capacity that they can call on uh, whenever they like. So we set up the capacity to basically treat, let's say, in modules of 100 beds. When the, when, a, when the system says, all right, we're having either a pandemic or some other need to surge, like flu season, or they're going to be expanding, another hospital maybe goes under and that capacity needs to move to them. They basically turn on that virtual capacity. And to set up that capacity takes us about 30 to 60 days. But once it's set up, it's set up and it's available. And that's the idea. So the hospital can expand which whatever number of beds they want. So if they currently have 400 beds and they set up 100 virtual beds, they have a 25% capacity to increase their ability to deal with surges. So it's really up to them on how much capacity they want to create to flex up or flex down. What percent of inpatient care do you think could be realistically moved to hospital-at-home care? About 30% of all the patients currently admitted to the hospital can go home with a higher acuity program. So think of everyone that's going down from a, a ICU, a step-down unit, all those patients can go to hospital home. Patients that traditionally are hospitalized after surgery could go home. Patients on active chemotherapy in the hospital could go home. Pediatric patients could go home. So when you start to add up the individual patient discharges, you're, you're at about 30% of current patients in the hospital that could be cared for safely at home. Dr. Schulman, I've been with relatives in the hospital, and sometimes it's hard to get a hold of the nursing staff or attending physicians, and understandably, they're busy caring for lots of other patients. But I wonder if some patients in the hospital-at-home model may fear that it could be even harder to reach those folks if they aren't physically in the building. Can you explain how patients can get a hold of their care teams while being treated in a hospital-at-home model? So what's extraordinary is we have built this technology platform named after Rafael's mother, Seisha. And the Seisha continuum allows the patient to literally touch their, their the tablet, I want to talk to my team. And their nurse will come on screen. If their nurse for some reason is tied up with another patient, it actually very quickly sequences to someone else on the team so that a human is answering that call as quickly as possible. We also have the ability to bring as many people into that visit as we need to, whether it's the physician um, or another family member or even a specialist if we, if we want to. And so your access to your team is 24 seven. By keeping the medical command center nurses and the physicians in one location, they actually have more time for patients. And so it's very easy for me as a physician to maybe round on my patient in the morning like I normally would, but if the family comes home in the afternoon, it's also quite easy for me to hop on the video and just review the plan. As you mentioned yesterday, Rafael, the pandemic has been a driving force behind the urge to move to hospital at home for some health systems. But once the crisis passes and people start coming back to the doctor and hospital for procedures, what do you think the long-term sustainability of Medically Home's hospital at home program is? There were three seminal events uh, this week. One was hearing large system CEOs said, this is actually one was a system in Michigan. They lost uh, 400 patients to COVID and five of, additionally of five of those 400 were staff in the hospital and they had 80,000 cases. Really extraordinary, you know, and, and the CEO and the team were so fundamentally rocked by that compared to other health systems that didn't have that kind of impact. 
and this is a quote, there's absolutely no way on earth we can go back to what we did knowing what we now know, which means we need a model that's more flexible, more patient-centric, and not uh, part of the problem, which actually increases the, the infection spread risk. So independent of, of how our, our enterprise is, is now moving forward, there is a fundamental shift in understanding. That's one force. The larger force, to be candid, since the health system is really, really driven at many levels by economics, the top bankers, the top private equity firms are now saying we're going to bifurcate assets from services. We no longer are going to believe that we need those physical facilities to deliver medical care. This obviously started with retail and Amazon. All of those physical assets are now being looked at with, with an eye towards, you know what, we probably need to separate that, use technology, deliver the service without the burden of the cost of the facilities, and you're going to see that really explode because where the money goes, the technology and the innovation goes. And the money people are saying, we, we think it's time to defund these physical facilities and move towards services that are unbundled from the facilities. Having said that, what do you think the hospital of the future will look like? I'm going to predict uh, with my little crystal ball is in the next 10 years, every hospital in the U.S. that isn't full uh, is going to basically level their campus. They're going to build a new campus that will have no more than half of the beds they have today. They'll build assisted living around the campus. They'll build employee housing on the campus. They'll build retail restaurants, health clubs. They'll become a health campus. They won't become a hospital. And they will be able to provide all of the advanced medical care in that physical footprint, which is smaller, and take care of people contiguous to them and have a great place for their employees to live so they don't have to commute and pay a fortune in commuting. So I think that's the future. That was co-founder of Medically Home, Rafael Rakowski, and Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Pippa Schulman. Thanks for listening to Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olgan. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on JustHealthcare.com. Just Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Just Healthcare. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.